0: Hello, everyone. I'm Denise Urbans.
1: And I'm Mike Urbans. And welcome to It's Your Water. I'm glad you found us.
0: In response to some fan feedback, we're going to do a few podcasts on troubleshooting. Shout out to Don Meyer of Plumbing Solutions. Thanks for your suggestion, Don.
1: Yeah, thanks, Don. We uh, Sometimes we get you know a little locked up here for ideas, and we have quite a few to do. But now and then I'll just ask one of my customers and say, hey, What do you think? And Don came through for us in a big way. And uh, and I said, "Farce for the woods." Yeah, (laughs) I said, "This is a big one here." I say, "How did we miss this?" So yeah, troubleshooting is what I do every day. I take your calls. I don't want to sound like I don't like it, but I just uh, it validates my you know my being. Yes, when I solve problems every day. But Mm -hmm. and you can hear Denise is back. This is good, right? Yeah, I yeah. You, I think you were out of two of them. Yep. And maybe some future ones as I do some interviews with people. But, okay, shut up, Mike. Let's get going. Today, well, if you're driving, hey, you know, pull over and get out your pen because there's there's a lot here. Troubleshooting. It's a list. And don't we publish these? The, the Yes, notes? we do.
0: This will be in the show notes. You can Yeah, the show notes. Every one we do has show notes.
1: Yeah. And, well, the biggest... I guess most calls that I get are on water softeners. So that's what we want to do today is uh, water softeners. And uh, because they can be fussy little guys because, uh, you know, of, of just how they work and how they really uh, function with the brining. Mm-hmm. So that being said, here we go. So you arrive at the house. You're the technician. This is mm-hmm. mostly, this is a technician This is for podcast, technicians.
0: But, you and- know, I was just thinking, if you... Even if you know a lot about this, yeah, this is a great training tool. You I mean, can have your other technicians, new technicians, listen to this.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you're a seasoned veteran. You yeah. know all this stuff. But, you know, I go to the EWQA, WQA, mm-hmm. and you sit there, and you think you're a know-it-all. Yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah. I Forgot about that. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> that. Pearls of wisdom. Okay, so, here we go. Yeah. So, you arrive at the house. And you first review the issues with the occupants when you get there. It's an interview. If they're there and if, if they're not with their arms folded, tapping their foot, looking at you with hot coals in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically you want to know how long the system's been there. Is it your system? What type of system you're there for? Of course, you should know that before you get there. Oh, but you never know. You never know. And uh, ask them when they first notice the issue. So you know what you're getting into. If it's some people procrastinate, oh, it's been going on for years. You're like, mm-hmm. why didn't you call us? Or you'll have the people that have one little blip and they're on you and you know, right. they call. So how long? Did it cause leaking and overflowing? Usually they get you really quick if that happens. Any strange noises like whistling, uh, banging, there's a lot that goes on with water pressure in mm-hmm. and, and these systems. What are the water quality issues? Uh, Test their water right there. Over the kitchen sink, see what you're getting into. See how bad that... If the sales guy or somebody did that already, fine. But every technician should have a test kit, a water test kit. So that's important. So we asked, uh, and how old is the system? I already went over that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move to the basement. So, or the crawl
0: space, Mike. Or the crawl space. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be a technician in uh, your house.
1: I hear these guys, you guys and gals, and uh, you're, in the, uh, you're in that basement, and or you're in the, the uh, creepy crawlies of the crawl spaces for our southern friends. What do you mean? Who don't have, base. Well, I have a you have. You have a crawl, a crawl space. space. I know, <laughs> but most mind. crawl spaces are down south.
0: <laughs> okay. Because
1: in... they have water table, high water table. Okay. Okay. So. But I do have a crawl space because I can't afford the house that Denise has. See? <laughs> See, she has a luxurious basement and house people that because take I'm care of her stuff. smarter than you are. Yeah. So I just have a crawl space house. So the first, you, when you go down that basement, this is, it kind of tells you a lot about the customer, too. I mean, how bad is that basement? I mean, can you even get down there? Uh you'll have uh in and, and how, how well they they maintain their own systems, you know. Mm-hmm. Not judging, but yeah, you know, there are some spooky basements. So do you see, when you approach it, do you see any water leaks? Is there water on the floor? Is there bin water on the floor, like water damage, uh, you know, like running water, dripping? You know, problems like that, mold, dead bodies, anything. You yeah, there's a lot of dead mice down there, dead cats, whatever. Oh. But... Um,
0: what about condensation snakes? on the tank?
1: Snakes. Well, that's... That would cause the mold. Uh, okay, right. but yeah, you uh, cold water in the in the nor- great white right north here in the summer times, they, it will condensate mm-hmm. heavily, and it it the,
0: might look like it's leaking, but it's there's leaking. just water on the floor, right?
1: Yes, you'll get that. That's a good one. We get uh, my tank is leaking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just a condensation. highly you know, high condense from the cold, and uh, that's a bad thing when you're putting these in a closet. You have to have a uh, containment mm-hmm. underneath. One guy used to use uh, oil change pans. As he did. He bought no, a bunch not? of oil, yeah, oil pans, and he put them underneath there, and it worked. So you look, you do your observations. You, you, you sit there. You know what you're getting into now. And almost all water softener troubles begin with the plumbing system, but mostly the brine tank. The brine tank is the lifeblood. This brine is the lifeblood of a water softener. It doesn't get brine, it's kaput. And the longer it goes, the bigger chance you have of fouling the resin beads when you're removing iron and manganese like we do here in uh, the Northeast, in the Mid-Atlantic. So you go over to the water softener. Here's the biggest thing that we see is the bypass valve open. They may have watered the lawn. Oh. And they opened the bypass valve, and they never shut it. That's almost something you could do in a call center before you get there, have the person, if they're capable, to go down in their basement and check for an open bypass. It saves them a service call, Mm -hmm. saves you hassle. Okay, you're going to get your service call money, but it's another service call that you could have done with a more profitable job. So that's important to maybe have a list before you send a technician out. And this is one of them was the bypass open. Uh, Do you hear water running to drain? Put your ear, locate the drain. Hopefully the drain is in good shape and to code. And where is the drain? Is it in good shape? People put these drains into places they shouldn't be. They run way too far if it's not your job. And you did it right, of course. They put direct connections into sewers. You should have an air gap. A lot of things happen with the drain. It's the exhaust pipe of your water softener, and like a car, unless you own a Tesla, you know, True. with a car or other electrified vehicle, everything starts to happen out of the tailpipe. The you know you burn oil. Mm-hmm. You see smoke. Mm-hmm. Just like a water softener burns water. If you see water dripping out of the drain, you got a problem. Okay. So that's the that's the second thing you run to.
0: What happens if it's clogged?
1: If it's clogged, then it won't draw brine. Okay. And it, it will foul. Okay. So you
0: don't want it to be clogged and you don't want it to
1: be dripping. Dripping. No clogs, no dripping. Just like humans, you should this not be dripping true. and you should not be clogged. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's good th- point, Mike. Think about that. Move on. <laughs> right. So if it's well water, the well-pressure tank, you got to go over the well-pressure tank and you see if it's in good shape and it's not waterlogged. How you can tell it's waterlogged, get your wrench, tap on it, and you'll hear a like a ring, like bang, like kind of like that. If you hear a dull thud, then you know it's waterlogged or you press the Schrader valve on top and water comes out. You got a big issue there, so you got to get that fixed because then you're not regulating the water pressure going through the water softener and it's okay. pulsing and, and doing a lot of things that it's going to create problems with brine draw in the house and mm-hmm. the well system. So you go over the pressure tank, make sure that's okay. City water, it's not an issue. Or city water, if your PSI is over 100 PSI, that starts affecting the gears and in the, in the drive of the, uh, of the water softener. mm mm-hmm. So water, water flow, water pressure, low water. Um, People ask me, what's the minimum? You know, 20 PSI is as low as you can go. I have no idea where people would have lower than 25 PSI in their house. But that also creates problems because you don't have enough uh, pressure to create the vacuum to pull the brine. Mm -hmm. Because brine is a vacuum. Brine draw is a vacuum. So you can also test the... uh, well tank is, uh, when you run some water, did the pump cycle properly? Is the pump in the well cycling properly? And it's not over-pressurizing, under-pressurizing. It's so simple you're, stuff.
0: You're eliminating the well equipment. Yep. The equipment associated with the well as the source of the problem. Yeah, because that's what mm-hmm.
1: drives the equipment. Sure. So, uh, if you have a bad motor, you're, the rest of this stuff's not going to work. So, open the brine lid. In brine cover, that's that's the big thing. You walk over to, <laughs> is there a brine lake cover? Right, we, we, we see things you wouldn't believe. What makes it into the brine tank? So really, the big hits here are walk over. Is the bypass open? Walk over, open up that brine tank lid because the brine tank is the the heart of the lifeblood. It's like the pumping. It's the blood it's like the reservoir to make it go. Yes. It's the gas for the softener. So it tells you a lot. You open up that brine tank lid and you look in there. Is it full of water? Is it up to the float check? And there's a float check, like a toilet float, and there should be. If you don't have one in your brine tank, you're really walking a thin line because it can overflow immensely if you don't have your brine tank plumped to a drain, Mm -hmm. which is hard to do in a basement. It's really hard to do, even in a crawl space, but have a safety float in the brine tank. So if there isn't one, add one. Mm -hmm. If there is one and the water's all the way up to it and Mm -hmm. it's checked, it shouldn't be. That is a safety mechanism, not like a toilet where it shuts it off. You shouldn't be using your float to shut off your refill Mm -hmm. to make your brine. That is, uh, it's real important. So you look, is it overflowing? Oh boy, you know we'll, we'll get to that. why it's, It should not be full of water. A typical residential tank should only have five gallons of water in it. okay. what's what, typical?
0: I've seen pictures that people have taken of the the inside the brine tank. Mm-hmm. It can look pretty disgusting what's What's it supposed to look like?
1: Yeah, it depends. That's where I was going with um, is there it, they can look really nasty okay uh, because solar salt, it depends on your salt. There's okay. different types of salt. Solar salt is evaporated seawater. Mm-hmm. Or groundwater. It's evaporated. The cheaper the product, the more dirt is in it. Natural dirt. So what they do is they get seawater and they they literally evaporate it in the mm-hmm. in the Caribbean climates. Mm-hmm. So you can get I, I've seen some horror stories, they say bird feathers, carl. There's actually coral in it. And so you're evaporating or or I mean, you know, not evaporating, but you're uh Uh, dissolving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds over the life of the softener. So what happens is you get a concentrated dirt layer, mud, Mm -hmm. icky mud that starts to create or collect on the bottom of the brine tank. So if there isn't any water and you see it's really slimy, yeah, take that brine tank out, hose it out, hose it out really good. Uh, clean it out. The homeowner will love you for it because it is—it's—it's it's icky, mm-hmm. and um, that will start clogging up the system. It's a delicate process, brine draw. So, or you go over to um, pellet salt, which is like table salt kind. Yeah, of, it's processed, you know, It's processed, and it's clean, super clean, cleaner. That's what I use in my water softener.
0: Well, solar salt is not as dirty as rock salt.
1: No, you can't. Oh, yeah. We've seen that. Yeah. People use rock salt. That's that's a huge no-no, the, the, the driveway salt. Mm-hmm. It's so dirty. Yeah, and, if
0: that uh, bag is leaning right against the brine tank and it says uh, rock salt.
1: Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. So, you know, you open it up. Uh, we've seen trash in restaurants. The restaurant got people. Well, it does
0: look like a trash can. It
1: does look like a trash can. And oil. I mean, they thrown waste, oh. waste oil. Oh, yeah. I mean, I laugh at it's the uh, hideous stuff goes into brine tanks in commercial applications, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the food world. Yeah. You know, notice if there's nasty odors and things coming from that. If there is salt and the water is hard, your salt may be bridged. And what a bridge is, is a hollow cavern created by the water and or lack of use. What happens is the the salt has some, other impurities in it that will actually create a bridging or a cementing effect. So the water comes up, dissolves a little, goes down, goes up, dissolves a little, comes down. What happens is the salt doesn't fall. Like you don't dissolve it and it doesn't go kaplunk, you know? Mm -hmm. So it creates a cavern in there. So the water doesn't really touch any salt. And so If you see that, some guys get a PVC, heavy PVC pipe. Don't use copper. You'll puncture the hole through the grid or the side. Use a plastic pipe or a wooden stick and uh, rod the salt or Mm -hmm. mule kick it. And I'm not kidding. You just literally mule kick it. And if the hole, you hear the salt go kaboom right down. Suggest they use, they change the salt. Bridging happens a lot with pellet salt. Bad, bad brand pellet salt, cheap brand so or lack of use a vacation home Mm -hmm. where they don't they don't regenerate often that happens lack of use will create bridging so uh, there's ways to get around that use ways to set up your water softener to brine fill first and it fills it's a dry brine so it's a dry brine tank until it needs it then it sends water in waits an hour and makes a batch it's not super super efficient to do that because it takes about four hours to make Saturated brine. Mm-hmm. It's residentially, but it's not that critical. Commercially it's very critical. You get that four hours to make brine. Did you know that's a fact, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So saturated brine that we need. So mule kick. Yeah, you, know, you can bray like a mule, but the customer...
0: customer. <laughs> I'm wondering why it has to be a mule kick. Well, because just it's not, how you
1: do it. it you, you, you a kick front with kick, their... you bust your toes. A oh, mule kick, well, you use your no, bottom No, 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 they have your, steel toes on. Yeah, Well, I know, but okay. still you're still going right. to puncture the brine tank, Safety but a mule first. kick is the flat foot, of your foot. Okay. And uh, so that's why, if we get real technical on that. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody knows that. Now, what you're going to do is check the suck. Uh, so this is important to brine draw you're going to cycle the softener to the brine draw Uh, and we're concentrating on this because this is everything really with a Mm -hmm. water softener so you pull the brine line off and is it is it sucking air i mean if you look and it's a clear brine line is it drawing air is it like a cocktail straw or a straw with a hole in it because it's a vacuum Water softeners draw brine on a vacuum. They use venturis that run water across them to the drain. See how this works? It directs water across a venturi, which is a differential pressure. It's a small little tiny nozzle. Mm -hmm. So when you create velocity, when you force water through a nozzle, and that creates vacuum. So it's a vacuum type of process. So it's delicate. And the thing is, is if you have a clogged drain or a clogged exhaust pipe, you're not going to pull the vacuum you need that will pull the brine out of the brine tank. If it's a strong draw, you could put that brine against the palm of your hand, a brine line, and it should use like a pop, take it off, like like a sucking pop sound. Mm -hmm. And it's not super strong. I mean, it's
0: not like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah,
1: not like a vacuum cleaner, no, because it is a very, but you'll tell. Well, if you got no suck, the softener you must chuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> These word
0: words. What do you call them? Pearls? pearls is that another pearls.
1: pearl? Check for vacuum leaks. Check for the injectors. There's injectors in there. Auto Troll has a little barrel type one. The old Auto Troll ones are very, very uh, noted for having uh,
0: really good issues. Suck? No. Oh. <laughs>
1: Bad suck. But problematic injectors. The good thing is. You could just pop a new injector in there. Boom, you're rocking.
0: It's an easy fix.
1: Yeah, but you can't really clean Auto Troll inject. I don't know why. Okay. If they go bad, they go bad.
0: Yeah, but you you say they last forever and ever and ever. They do. Right? Yeah, they, they do. They're like, the like work workhorses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. No built-in obsolescence for Auto Troll.
1: Right. Right. It's like for all you car guys. I'm a big car guy. So it was like a Chevy straight six and a and a slant six and a Dodge. You know. They, mm-hmm. They never died. Yeah, you know, they just—they're just big little engines that could. And so the auto trolls are like that. But don't try to clean an auto troll injector. Chuck it out. Throw a new injector in there.
0: But <laughs> the other valves, but the clacks, and the can, other flex. Yeah, and you or, can try to you, clean, clean it. But clean it's
1: them. what I'm getting at. It's stupid. The, the part is four dollars. Just okay, Throw just, a new one in. Yeah. And it's, there's a screen. Some have screens. Some don't. Clean the screen. And then and check your drain for blockage. Uh, happens if, you, if you're if you a fan of our podcast. You'll see that uh, if you had a dealkalizer nitrate system and you had h- h- hardness and you don't pre-soften, you'll calcify the drain. The drain will literally turn into calcium. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing. So, yeah. So, watch. Look at your drain for blockage. Or it's too long. They, they might have run the drain for... Yeah. For- I say six feet above 25 feet from. That's how long you can run a drain. Because the drains are running under pressure mm-hmm. but if it's if it's poorly engineered drain, you're gonna get bad suck yeah so that's important so that's really the, that's the, the brine, brine tank, tank. that's end the brine things. tank end of gotcha. it inspect check for the draw you're good so let's move on to the uh the control valve so these things, of course, you would notice right when you get there. I mean, okay, I sent you right to the brine tank. I sent you right to the plumbing. But, of course, you're going to look and, like, squat down and look at the softener. Is it lit? Is it even on? Is there, is there, is there life in the brine tank? <laughs> no, the, the softener head. <laughs> the softener head. Yeah. There might be life in the brine tank. That's an alien movie I was going to pitch Hollywood. The next podcast. Yeah, they don't want to do it. So the control... Of course I said the brine tank is everything, but of course the, the control valve is the, the Also mothership. everything. Yeah, that's okay. that's the that's the everything. So
0: let's get this straight. Do we look at the control head or do we look at the brine tank
1: first? Uh six one half dozen the you other. Know, okay. I mean it's a quick okay. check to look right, right look left. Yeah. So know. if
0: you look in the brine tank and you see all kinds of crud, you better go to the head. Then you anyway. go to the control head. Because <laughs> right. Okay. That's Because you next know step. there's probably a trouble there.
1: Yeah. So is there electronics, Is if it's electronic valve, which we've all been moving to? Uh, everybody,
0: efficiency. we sell a lot of FLEC 5600 time yeah, clocks. Yeah, no, time clocks. Are, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do we look for there?
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll get there.
0: Okay. okay. You're pushing me. I a, do. Like I'm the eldest the child, and I'm a pusher.
1: Yeah, that's it. Electronics lit. Is there error codes? All right, address those first. Oh, does the outlet have power? My that's classic, a good one. My classic... They wired the outlet into the lights, mm-hmm. and then lights go off, and your, so- your softener dies. Your lights come on, your softener's on, you can't figure it out. You wait, what the hell's going on. So see if you have power. If it's analog, is the timer motor hot, or is it cold, dead? And there's a little armature. You look in on uh, old 5,600s, you can actually look into the uh, or the 3,200 timers in Fleck. You could see the little armature going around. It looks like a hamster wheel going around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that tells you uh, it's alive. But if it's going around real slow, like one, another, you, know, you got...
2: A bad clock. If it's like a
1: good hamster on crack, you know, he's running in there. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's important. So look at that motor. Timer motor's dead. Now, analog, can you manually cycle the valve without binding? Uh, the old... Auto-trolls, you could do that with the hold the cam, turn it. And the 5600s, you can actually grab the dial and turn it. And do you notice any binding? Can you smoothly go around? And when you dial it, is you know, no binding, smooth? Then you look in the back, is there, are there barnacles, uh, big salt crustaceans on the brine parts? What's happening there is you have a loose uh, connection. So it'll grow the brine or it's not from flushing the, properly. From the salt dripping. Salt, salt mm-hmm. dripping or the brine valve finally going kaput. You know, Fleck uses a external brine valve. So what happens is, is they can leak because it's another piston and it's another spot for leakage mm-hmm. because it's a piston and O-ring. So if you see big barnacles there, change the brine valve. Don't try to screw with it. So go through the um, cycle times and see if they're flowing. Is your backwash flowing? Is it, or is it die off? Then you got a drain problem. Is your brine draw? Click it over to brine draw, or pace it with an electronic valve to brine draw. Then you do your suck test. See, uh, is it drawing your finger? You know, just making the good pop sound. Is it drawing? And then you go to uh, your refill, and this is where brine tanks overflow. The the draw is very delicate because it's running, it's under vacuum, but the brine tank, since you drew water out of the brine tank, the valve makes water to put back in as a batch. It's timed. So it says, okay, Mr. Programmer said, I need three gallons in this brine tank every time. So it sucks three gallons out, puts three gallons back, puts three uh, Mm gallons out, and it keeps doing that mindlessly. But if it can't draw three gallons out, it keeps putting three Pe- gallons back because it's going under pressure. And if you don't have a float. If you don't have a float in about four cycles, you got a disaster of three gallons on the floor, three gallons on the floor. Which
0: isn't a big deal if you're in Michael's crawl space, but yeah. in my luxurious basement, that <laughs> yeah, would be a problem. Yeah, your luxurious basement
1: would be horrible. There or, you go. I mean, they're imported Afghan rugs. <laughs> I mean, and she has rug cleaner guys that come in just like inspect and clean with yeah, tooth, little oh yeah. little yeah. mohair yeah. toothbrushes. I don't it's know. Really, I'm
0: looking at tile
1: here, but go ahead. It's really cool to go see. ahead. Anyway, so yeah, you don't want the flooded basement anywhere. In uh, you know, it's it's not good. The so you cycled everything. Yeah, you, you analyze from there. You go through. Another issue is look at the uh, the tank itself. The fiberglass tank, if you can, if it's if it's exposed, is it frayed? Is it in good condition? Can you actually shine a light through the mineral tank? Natural color tanks, you could do that with a flashlight or a bright LED light in a dark basement.
0: But not an almond color tank? Well,
1: almond you can. Oh, okay. And some black tanks, but some light blue tanks, but... Black is harder because they're painted mm-hmm. and you can't see through them, but they do that for down south where they install them outside. You can't use it on the tank. They grow algae. Sure. So you don't have the luxury of darkening your basement and then doing something really cool, cycling the valve the backwash, and you can actually see the resin bed lift up. And most resin beds are about half to little, like around five-eighths full with resin. They're never full, full. So you can actually see the the, the resin bed go ooh, move up, and and it'll float like lava mm-hmm. on top. It'll just see it dancing once it fully expands. And it's like almost like fifty percent. Sure. Up. So that's important to see. See if, if you can see. If you can see through, it's a real good diagnostic tool because if your O ring is blown out. It won't force the water down the distributor tube and up through the resin. So the resin will just sit there and dance a little bit. It might come up three inches, but it doesn't fully expand. That means you're drained. You have a problem. You have a problem with the O-ring. But it's a great diagnostic tool if you have the luxury of a see-through tank. Now, I was getting into the tank. Is it frayed? Is it leaking? Not condensation? Mm -hmm. Because you may have a deeper problem there. We've seen where people use pressure washers in the house, commercial industrial pressure, pressure washers, and they suck the tank flat. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're mineral tanks, and they go pop. And what happens is, is it frays the fiberglass on the outside. Now, the internal bladder or the internal polyethylene liner may keep it from leaking, but we've seen where they've literally just, boom, you know, So,
0: it's important if the technician sees this
1: it's to, frayed to do to a report little- that. Yeah. So, that's important too. But So, this is softener stuff. I hope there's not much more you could really diagnose outside of the plumbing issue, drain, I mean, the brine tank, drain, bypass, those three things make the softener function. Okay. Of course, the electronics in the valve itself, but.
0: I would just like to clarify, yeah. because I think we have some people who listen and Maybe they're not technicians, but the brine tank looks like a trash can. It does. And the fiberless tank
1: looks like... Like a mineral oxygen tank. Like an a, oxygen uh, tank. Yeah, they're 10 inches round, typically so 9 inches round, we've a small had, fiberglass cylinder. We've had cylinder. people
0: put ion exchange resin in the brine, brine tank. Brine tank, yeah. And,
1: and, salt, in and the, salt in the mineral tank. In the mineral tank. Yeah. So,
0: I just let's clarify that. Yeah.
1: We've had for some everybody bad screw ups there. We haven't, but I've heard from because we don't. We're just we uh, don't do it, but but we hear from the the customer war stories. That's another podcast will, we yeah, had. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun little one to look back on. So, whew, did I forget anything? I don't know. Tell when us it, if he did. Yeah, tell us if I did. We always love little tidbits and your pearls of wisdom, and I try to put all those together and into these podcasts. Okay. It's so the next me. one is going to be. We're going to troubleshoot filters, which most of that'll be a lot quicker, but I'm going to combine that with tools of the trade. A lot of guys have really cool little tools or tools that you really need to work on these things. Physical tools. Yeah. Phys- yeah. Okay. Per- yeah. 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 Not, physical, not, not, not the, yeah, not knowledge your tools. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Physical tools and uh, troubleshooting filters and what can happen there. And that'll be our next podcast coming up. So
0: not necessarily next, but well, in the future.
1: Yeah, in the future. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've learned
0: we've learned not to commit.
1: Yeah, commit uh, too quickly. Yeah, too quickly to these things. But but well,
0: we continue to look for ideas for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Please email us or just you know, call us. Give we, us your ideas. We have a big fan base out there. We do.
1: I already just got another idea. So from someone this morning. Oh, I got I'm not another idea. Spoil just it.
0: sitting here. But oh my rate. gosh. Okay, let's move on. Thank you for well, listening. Thank
1: you for listening. Trust the frog. Have a great day, everybody. Bye bye.